This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. And get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Hey, how many cookies is too many cookies? Like, if I've got a batch of cookies that I'm eating... Oh, and you know what? I like. I had a really good workout today, right? Like a super good workout. How many cookies is too many cookies? What kind of workout were you doing? Today was shoulders and abs, I mm. guess. But it was like it was like a half an hour of cardio and then an hour of other stuff. Uh, ten cookies is too many cookies. That is exactly how many cookies I had. F- I had too many cookies. Why did you eat ten cookies? Literally, I kept eating them. Because they were delicious. Were they homemade cookies? They were, which is probably arguably worse. Did you make them from scratch or from a tube? Casey, she Casey actually made them, and she did not make them from scratch, nor did she make them from a tube. They Where were, did she make them from? They were made from a mix, but you have to add a couple of extra things. That's a tube. Okay, so she made them from a tube then. Like do the podcast now, or just keep making small talk about your wife's cookies, which I'm sure were delicious. Is that a euphemism? It wasn't meant to be when I started to say it, but it you, immediately what? turned into one, though. It's whatever. I don't know. Y- your call. You're the hey. Life the... is good. We just had a, a weekend. You and me. Who? Both of what? us. What? 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 We had what, a week. What, we, we had a weekend. What? 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 Are we haven't. Are you podcasting right now? I'm halfway in. We're not podcasting can't yet. You, can't you feel it? That's what she said, too. Is Who said that? So, uh, what are we doing? What are we here for? We're not podcasting yet. But we've been recording this whole time. We've been recording, but we're not podcasting. Yeah, we're us, not live make casting. Make us live. Make us on we're air. We're not video casting. Oh, make you want to do it live? I want to do it live. Make us live. And I'll start taking off clothes. Although, I don't think I should take off clothes now after 10 cookies. I mean... I can't believe you had 10 cookies. They were so good, though. I mean, they're basically... That's so, so many cookies. Did you have milk with them? No, because I can't drink milk. They're So they were they were gluten-free cookies, which is kind of interesting. And so they're made with... Instead of being made with, like, white flour, right? Make us live. What are you doing? Do you even know how to play this game? I'm waiting for you to tell this stupid cookie story for the audio podcast. So the... Or you want to tell this story on the f***ing podcast? On the whole thing? Dude, it's a great story. All right, well... Hold on. It's We're, actually so it's actually not that good of a story. So because wait 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 well now now you're now you've already here's here's what we're gonna do here's what's gonna happen on episode seventy five of Unqualified Gamers a podcast about video games and nothing but video games is uh, we'll go live so you can tell your cookie story so listener off the air for the last fifteen minutes John Martin my co-host has been telling me this story about cookies and he insists that it, it is look it didn't start off really as a story what I asked you I asked you hey. If I were to ask you how many cookies is too many cookies to eat, what would that be? And then I prefaced that by saying, but keep in mind that I had a very good workout today. And your answer was? Right, my answer was 10 cookies. 10 cookies was your answer. Which listener, uh, subsequently, was unfortunately the exact number of cookies I just finished consuming. It was a lot of... I don't of, think subsequently is the right... It is was the right a movie. lot of cookies. It was probably not the correct decision for me, yet I still did it. Uh, I actually don't have any regrets. 
Uh, but I did, in fact, eat 10 cookies. So that was really where this story started. And then we were talking about the, the, the style of cookies because Cody immediately passed judgment on me like he always does. He was like, you're fucking, you're disgusting. You disgust me. And then he's like, well, actually, what kind of cookies were they? And I said, yeah, what a dick you are. So what they were, where they were, they were not regular cookies. They were uh, from a box, but they were a gluten-free box of cookies. And the interesting thing about a gluten-free cookie is that it's not made with regular flour. It's made with almond flour. So the flour is a little mealier. Almond is a nut, not a flour. It tastes slightly drier, I guess. They make flour out of crickets. I don't, I don't know. what. Do you even know what you're talking about? You have no idea what you're talking about. They make cricket flour. You can make... Who makes cricket flour? You can make cricket bread. I'll order you, no, you some. No, you can't. Yes, you can. Look it up. Google it right now I and will. send me a link. I will. Screen share it. Screen share it right now while we're to, video podcasting. I don't podcasting. know how to do that. Hang on. Yeah, well, you figure it out while I intro the episode. Well, that was the episode intro. Congratulations. Congratulations, viewer slash listener. You've now found your way to Unqualified Gamers, a cookie podcast, where John talks about apparently his dietary restrictions and baking bread out of insects. I think that's... Is that what we landed on? Is that what we're doing? Here's cricket bars that are made from cricket flour. That's not what you said. There is a huge difference between cricket bread and a cricket bar. Hang on. Is this... The way this ties in with video games is that John just caught a Caterpie for the first time. His main... Pokemon is actually a Caterpie because its DS is broken. So the B button automatically presses once every 3.4 seconds. It's a weird glitch. So whenever Caterpie tries to evolve, it you know by hitting the B button, it cancels the evolution. So John actually has level 99 Caterpie with which he beat the Elite Four single-handedly because he used so many supplements on it, like protein and things. So John actually beat all of Pokemon X and Y using the same level 99 Caterpie, which I think is very impressive. And that's how that ties into crickets, because a caterpillar and a cricket are both insect-like creatures that are gross and small and start with the letter C and end with the letter T. So there you are. Yeah, so here's a link for you. You can just, uh, that's a, a site you can go to that explains it. Um... And I think you have to buy it, like, commercially. Like, you buy cricket flour commercially. But this isn't about crickets. I don't know why the f*** you even brought that up. What's wrong with you? This is about cookies. Cookies that are delicious. All right, I'm not going so to pull up that delicious. link. Because it's a waste of my time. They were too delicious, and I ate ten of them. And I, I don't feel super ill. I don't feel great. Tell me how this ties into video games. I, I never said it did. Then why are we talking about it? We've never talked about anything other than video games in this podcast, ever. How was your weekend, by the way? Uh, it was good. It was my first Father's Day. As a father. Oh I my mean, god, other, that's right. I've had other Father's Days, but this was my first one as a father. You're a dad, and that's weird. And How was that? Cool. Uh, it did was, you get cookies? It was cool. Actually, yes, I did. Uh, it started off, Casey made me pumpkin pancakes as well as carrot cake pancakes. Which were both amazing. You have made up literally every form of food that no, you've talked they, about. They literally exist. You can buy the carrot cake pancakes at World Market. She made the pancake or the pumpkin pancakes herself. Sure, yeah, because you have a pumpkin patch in the backyard, I, and the pumpkins are made of crickets and magic. I, I grow pumpkins in my backyard. Um, I do actually, because you know I like to garden. Um, 
So she made pumpkin pancakes and carrot cake pancakes, and then I had to work for most of the day. But then after that, we went to a Father's Day barbecue at my at my grandmother in law. Is that a thing? My grandmother in yes. at my grandmother in law's house, um, and we had a barbecue. And it was one of those things where like I got done eating, and I had eaten so much of the of the the main course of food that I immediately fell asleep. Have you ever had that? No, never in my life. That was sarcasm. Yes, all the time. Yeah, so I like I I quite literally and Max was asleep for like the whole time we were over there. And and not only, well, not only that Max is our baby. If 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 even if Max isn't asleep, when we go to family get-togethers, and this is the way it always is I think when you have a baby, you get to give your baby up and just kind of roam free for a while when you have a kid because everybody else wants to hold the baby. So, um you know, we got to give Max up, and he was doing his own thing um, with everybody else. And I got <laughs> the four-month-old was doing his own. He was doing thing. his own thing, and I got to eat a, a crazy amount of food over there that was delicious because it was barbecue food. So it was all horrible for you, with lots of cheese and butter because we live in America. Um, and then I quite literally rolled over to the couch and just passed out, and I passed out for like an hour. And I don't take naps. Like, I'm not a napper. So it was pretty good. Were they barbecue-flavored cookies? The cookies, in fact, were chocolate chip, the only cookie that exists. So weird. That's not true. There are many good cookies, but chocolate chip is the best. I'm sorry, uh, all of you Ginger Snap fans. What the is wrong with you? I I would imagine that you're... I mean, you must have... Your wife might have celebrated Father's Day, not begrudgingly, but... If you think oh, she about dislikes the time, me. So, I mean, that's... Right. But if you think about the time invested so far... So, right, so you've been a father for four months, and that's that's cool, or whatever. But then your wife was had the baby for four months plus nine inside of her. So that's, that's, uh, that's three times longer, basically, that she's been a mom, kind of, than you've been a dad. Right, so, but for Mother's Day, I slept in, so I was in a good mood for her. So I gave back. So, so, so you celebrated Mother's Day by sleeping in well, right, for your then wife. For the rest of the day, I was in a phenomenal mood, and and then for Father's Day, she made you imaginary made-up pancakes and barbecue cookies. Right. Okay. Barbecue. All of this adds up. Right. None of this sounds invented in any way. I'm actually single. How drunk are you? Not very. I don't like, see alcohol in your hand. No, I'm and drinking I'm... wine, like I did last time. You... Alcohol impedes protein synthesis. So if you go to the gym and then drink, then your body's not going to recover as quickly or as fully, and you're eliminating like half the benefit of your workout. But I didn't, I didn't drink immediately after the gym. Yes, I... you just said the second you got into the car after the gym, you opened a beer and started chugging it on the way home because you can drink and drive in Minnesota. I do have aspirations to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. So, all right. Because I got to bring this back to wrestling. Third wrestling reference you've made, by the way. I have not even brought up wrestling even a little bit at all. So my weekend was good. Otherwise, I worked. um, And that was that. Cool. That's cool. What did you do do this weekend? I know. I know. I mean, I kind of know what you did this weekend. Tell me what I did this weekend. I probably can't see it on the podcast. Probably not. I went to a party. It was fun. You know what I did? So last week, listener, was our E3 Bonanza podcast. It was like two and a half hours long, literally. And and actually, we we gained some new 
eyeballs, some new ear balls, some new listeners, some, some audience new balls. members. We gained new so balls. Pe- yes, people discovered our balls uh, because of our last episode. Is that what I'm trying? I don't think that's. That's probably not what you matter. meant to say. So anyway, but we've been discovered by new people, and if you're you're tuning back in with us after our big E3 spectacular, uh, thanks, hi, welcome. Yes, we will eventually get to games, but um, we also like to like. I don't know, talk about, like, our lives and things, which we do a bit of at the top of every episode, and then, uh... We typically And then do. we'll get to the games. Unless, we'll unless the games. we have an episode that is completely packed with stuff like last week, where we really were all business. Right, it was two and a half hours, all we business. didn't even have time to get to personal stuff. We barely even covered the Smash Brothers... So, yeah, last week we we didn't even... We didn't really get into the Smash Brothers 4 tournament as much as we wanted to. More on that later. Uh, because we were so jam-packed. So... This weekend, in addition to talking about my my last weekend of I went to a party Saturday, it was great. I don't remember what I did the weekend before that, except for I saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It was literally the last day it was showing in, like, any theater in Chicago that I ever go near. Uh-huh. So I, I saw it, and I know your comic book movied out, John, but... Uh, I'm getting there, yeah. Yeah, the rest of America isn't yet, so presuming that anyone hearing me right now other than you cares i thought it was awesome but i was also do i was also uh the the person that i went with brought a water bottle about half full of fireball have you had fireball i have had fireball whiskey the whiskey it can it's be a cinnamon, quite good it's a cinnamon it can, whiskey it can it's, be quite good Every girl I know from work and from my friends, every girl in Chicago is insanely into this Fireball whiskey. So, really? listener, if you're young and yes, if you're young and aspiring to pick up chicks, listener, get some Fireball whiskey. Girls are super into it in Chicago. Like it's it's really 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 popular. So she had half a bottle of Fireball whiskey, and I was I was pulling from half of it. Now I don't drink and go to movies. It's really fun. They're, my wi- it's not, my, though. My wife and I will oftentimes bring a Nalgene full of booze. But what, what What kind of movies, though? I don't know. Like, popcorn flicks? Like, I don't Like, flicks that aren't... I wouldn't go see Dallas Buyers Club with a Nalgene full of booze. I wouldn't... Okay, are you seeing action movies, rom-coms, kids' movies? I mean... Do you remember any of the movies that you're talking about? Well, like, we would go see, like, an action movie and take a Nalgene full of booze. We would go see see, a superhero movie and take a Nalgene full of booze. This is why I asked, because I saw another superhero movie, and we brought, like, we bought one of those little things of vodka. There was a lot of vodka in it, and we dumped the whole thing into the slushy that we were sharing. That was probably a really strong slushy. Well, yeah, but you couldn't taste it because it's a slushy, which is literally drinking sugar. Right. So, I got pretty buzzed, and I couldn't follow the action scenes. Like, I was getting, like, almost sick watching the fast-paced action scenes. Mm -hmm. So that's why I asked you that, because I I don't really prefer that. And Spider-Man 2 was, like, all action. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was all action. But I wasn't, like, drunk at any point. But I'm not sure if I liked the movie because I was only, like, kind of half paying attention for parts of it, or because it was legitimately really good. But I loved it. I thought it was awesome. So if you've not seen it, I would recommend Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because I, I missed I missed Man of Steel. I never saw that. And I missed Captain America, the second one, the, the one that just came out. Which apparently was like the best movie ever made. Have you heard that? Yeah, uh-huh. 
Have you heard that? Like, everybody that I talk to that I know that is into superhero movies says that it is one of the best superhero movies ever made. And I'm not even... I'm not being hyperbolic. I mean, there's... they Like, it is legitimately considered one of the best superhero movies. Yes, it's, it's, it, but, you're, but only on the silver screen. Because if you see it not in the theater, then it's garbage, is what I've heard. And I don't... It's not even out on video, so how would anybody have that knowledge... I don't know, but I didn't actually hear from anybody that it was that good. Did did I did you actually hear that? Did. Yeah, no, I legitimately heard it was amazing. Oh, see, I heard the X Men movie was amazing, which I need to see in the next couple weeks. But I haven't heard that much about Captain America. Yep, I heard best superhero movie. All right, whatever. Well, anyway, I liked Amazing Spider Man two and listener slash viewer. If you're if you're thinking to yourself, oh, why do they keep coming out with new Spider Man movies? Blah blah blah. Do you know the story behind that, John? I know that Spider-Man is a character that got bitten by a radioactive spider. No, no, that's the story his, behind why they're making story, movies. right? And so, like, he nope, gets bit yes. by a spider, okay. uh-huh. and then he gets spider powers, and that allows him to be a spider. Well, it's really, he's not a spider. He's a half spider, half man. And so he Yeah, decides, he has eight legs. Right, so he, no, he doesn't, that's legs. dumb. That's, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. So he decides to call himself the amazing Spider-Man because he has powers of both a spider and he looks like a man. That's what I know about the story. Am I close? Yeah. Yeah. Am I close? Yeah, see? So, like, I know something. So, the story, if you... I've heard this third-hand or second-hand or whatever, so I don't... I have not verified this on Wikipedia or anything, but supposedly, Marvel was in financial trouble forever ago. They sold the rights to Spider-Man to Sony. Sony made movies. There's a clause in the rights that says Sony must make release. a movie every year. They must basically make a movie every like two to three years or something, or they lose the license. Right. Sony is not the best company in the world, but Spider Man is a money printer basically, so they will never sell the rights back ever. Disney and Marvel wouldn't buy them back because that would that wouldn't. It wouldn't be worth it financially. So that's why Spider-Man's not in the Avengers movies. That's why you don't see Spider-Man because Sony has the rights. And they're also developing movies based around the characters in The Sinister Six, which is fantastic. But whatever. So that's, that's why they keep doing it. people that are sinister. It. Yeah, there's a lot. I know. Well, there's there's a lot. But but that's why that keeps happening. So if you're just like, oh, why do they keep doing it? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, yes, they're doing it for legal reasons, and it's still stupid, but that there is an actual reason. They're not, they're not just – I mean, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I believe uh, Fox or some other random studio owns Fantastic Four, and that's why there's no crossover there either. So that explains that. That vaguely sounds like you know what you're talking about, even though I'm pretty sure you don't. Uh, yeah. However, I do have to say one caveat. During the credits of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, they show a scene from the X-Men movie. So you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, well, Cody's wrong. No. That uh, appeared during the credits because of a clause in one of the actor's None contracts is, or, like, the director's contract. None of this is interesting. He... You know that, right? Like, it's not – I mean, it's not really that – like, I mean, I care, but, I mean, do you think our listener... I don't really care, though, either. I mean, it's probably more interesting than cookies and no, made-up vegetable pancakes. they were pancakes. really good cookies. Right? So, anyway, uh, that was another contractual deal, and it was, like, the director or something left one movie to go to another or something, but there was an agreement that said, oh, but we're going to have to play this during the credits for me to do this, and that's why that happened. So that was a one-off 
exception to the rule kind of a thing or whatever good times great oldies and that is the story of how i saved christmas back to you john it was pretty good. Just kidding. No one wants to hear from you. Uh, so I'm going to talk about video games for the next two and a half hours. John, you just uh, sit there and look pretty, all right? First on my list, Super Mario Brothers, a classic from Nintendo. Hey, we should follow uh, up on our E3 podcast. So I heard, listener, if you if you go back and listen to it, because I think it was actually a really good podcast. We basically just broke down all the press conferences. Um, one of the things that has me even more jazzed about the show is that from the outlets that I follow, uh, a bunch of people got to see No Man's Sky as like a playable game after after the press conference, and they said yeah. that it like totally looks like it's going to live up to the hype of just what they showed. Oh, I was worried about and that. That to me is super exciting. And GameSpot is doing a survey right now. They're doing a, a po- they're polling people. What was your favorite PS3 game of E3? Yeah. And No Man's Sky is like third. That doesn't of like 15 games. That doesn't surprise me at all. Apparently what they're going to have, they're going to have these these basically uh, uh, company-generated robots that are going to go out and they're going to be randomly generated across their entire infinite universe. And they're going to be going to various planets to make sure that they're like populated, like they're basically there as um, survey drones to see how the world is being populated using whatever algorithms that they have set in place to make sure that like the algorithms are working correctly. So they have robots to scan the the computer generated world that they have created, the computer generated universe that they have created to collect data on this computer generated universe. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Isn't that awesome? It's really cool. My my point about them being in the top 3 was more that it's more highly anticipated than a lot of AAA titles. Well, it's a pretty cool – it's a cool idea. So I, that, It's an awesome idea. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It's pretty neat. As of the time – when I voted and I voted for No Man's Sky, as of the time I voted, the the leader was Witcher 3? Yeah. I the hell is that? It's understandable. I don't, Why? I can't believe you've never even, like, looked at the Witcher. Why? Have you? I have played both the first and second Witcher games. Okay, were they good? They're fantastic. Well, then whatever. Fine. They're really good. All right, fine. Well, still excited about No Man's Sky. It's yeah. going to be a good time. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to make that uh, that announcement because I was reading a little bit about it today. So I'm, I, I think it, I really do think it might be my most anticipated game of all of E3. I really do. Cool. And another E3 update, I predict, officially, I officially predict that Mega Man is going to be a mid-tier character in Smash Brothers at best. It's pretty niche. It's pretty it's, we're talking pretty niche at this point now. You're talking about tiers of Smash Brothers characters. That's pretty there's Well, like, that's what a podcast is, John. It's a niche. Sure. Um I also saw a statistic that uh, apparently Mario Kart quadrupled the sales of the Wii U worldwide. <laughs> like single handedly. And I, I you know people Honestly, I'm not surprised from the quality that that it sounds like that game is. I'm not surprised at all that that is the case. You know, it's it's funny when I play when I uh, when I sit down on my couch and I say to myself, "What video game am I going to play now?" 
I then say, why are you talking out loud to yourself, Cody? To which I reply, well, I'm not really sure. I just thought that I, I might ask you what... No, 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 seriously, why are you, why are you talking to yourself? No, no, I, I, well, I just, you know, I thought I might ask what game I should play right now. Yeah, 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 but why are you asking me? Well, because you are... Well, I am me. Well, it kind of goes on and on like that for quite a while. But which is weird. When I, well, to some, to some, and, um, well, I lost my train of thought. There's that story. What else did you play this weekend? I'm just kidding. That wasn't. No, when I sit down to play a video game, uh, I usually think to myself, like, what, what, what game do I have that I haven't like finished or I need to like progress further into? Like Watch Dogs, I've only played a certain amount. There's a lot of game left to play. I should do that, or like I should play Bravely Default so I ever beat it, or things like that. But Mario Kart, even though I've gotten the gold on all of the 150 CC races, like. I sat down a couple times this week just to play it. Like, regardless of any actual progress, like, forward progression or getting new golds and, like, the extra races or whatever. Like, it's it's so fun. I just play it to have fun, which sounds like an obvious thing to say, but it doesn't matter because that's what happens with No, me. that doesn't always happen in video games, though. That's a good distinction to make because sometimes you do just, like, want to play a game to progress, begrudgingly progress through the game. Not necessarily begrudgingly, but... It feels it gives you it gives it an additional sense of accomplishment when you finished. Like, oh look at these things I did. Right. And Mario Kart, it's like I'll just I just pulled it out and played a bunch of online matches in a private room with some other podcasters over the weekend. Doesn't give me permanent points, doesn't improve improve my record, doesn't do anything for me. But as, it was fun. As But it was super fun. It's that fun. It's it is the best Mario game other than maybe Double Dash, which is still so good. But it's it's really it's really good. Yeah. Uh, so I I've been enjoying Mario Kart Eight, and I'm not surprised. You know, the Luigi Death Stare alone was selling copies. It was. Which, understandably, right? So, uh, what did you play this weekend? Did you play anything this weekend? Yeah, I played some Mario Kart Eight. I'm still working on Bravely Default, which I've now been playing for what six months. It's been a really long time. You've been playing that game a really for a long time. Long time. <laughs> Uh, and, um... But you uh, like Dogs it. Is, you like I it. like I I do, I do. I like it. I just, I only play it on the train. So it's like a half hour in the morning, half hour in the evening, and that's it. So we should talk about your initial impressions of Watch Dogs, because now you've you've probably played enough of it to at least give an opinion, haven't you? Yeah, I like it a lot, you know? Uh, I've gone on record as saying that I really disliked Grand Theft Auto 4. Is that the I've... one with... I think we've actually talked about open world games in general that you've that you've kind of had a beef with. No, not really. Uh, True Crime Streets of L.A. was my first experience did, with a... Yeah, and you did talk about that long, long time ago. I think when we very first talked about Saints Row the Third, which is like our sixth episode or something. Yes. You did, ta- and I, you did talk about True Crime Streets of L.A. And I never reviewed it on this podcast because I played it like, oh my god... Uh, ten time, years a ago, long time ago sure. literally. So, True Crime Streets of LA, I liked a lot. That was my first. That was my first experience with a quote-unquote open-world game. I didn't know GTA existed at that point, mm-hmm. even though supposedly True Crime was a clone. And True Crime was kind of silly. It it starts out your kind of typical open world. You you're a cop or whatever the hell you are, or, or somebody with nothing to lose, and you need revenge. But you like train at a dojo with some way over the top like karate character. Yeah, it's a, it the, was actually a Square Enix property that later turned into Sleeping Dogs. I might have just made that up, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. All right, 
Um, and there's some in-game cheat codes you can use that add, like, extra momentum to your car. So you can, like, you can rear-end a car and send it flying off in the distance. And just, like, silly physics things like that. So it didn't take itself seriously. It was kind of over the top. I really had fun with it. And then still never played GTA until years and years later. And then, like, three or four years ago when GTA 4 came out, I bought it. Played it for three days and hated it so much I returned it. Which I... The only other time I've ever done that with a video game was Ninja Gaiden 3. Which we all know I hated. So you're saying that's significant that you returned this game? I would say it's very significant. Okay. Um... It's hard to, it's hard to, like, I don't really dis, like, I don't hate a lot of video games. I, I'm very easy to please. A, a game can have a lot of flaws, and I, I will still probably have fun. Like, even, yeah, whatever game you th- you're talking about, it, it can have some glaring error, and if, if it's not, like, if it doesn't literally break the game, I can probably deal with it. So, uh, that's my extent of my experience, and I really hated GTA 4, and then I got Watch Dogs, and it is open world. Um, I think it's really fun. I know you've heard it can be, it can get a bit repetitive later in the game, but I enjoy it quite a bit. So tell me about it. How does the game work? So it's it's your typical, like, you get guns, you get to buy things, you, you know, if you need a car, you just walk up to a car, get in the car, and then drive around with it. You can grab parked cars, uh... Your cell phone is very integrated with the game. You hack you, the car, basically, right? Uh, no, not really. Uh, you, you, just get it, certain, you just get in and you can drive the car? Yeah, you hack other certain things. There's a lot of hacking involved in the game, but that's that's different. So uh, the, the best example I can give you is, let's say... I, so I've been doing a ton of side missions. I love the side missions in this game. Just, like, there are side missions where you can find a gang hideout and like take out... Uh, elite member of this gang right so let's say there is a gang hideout in a parking garage so your mission is to go in the parking garage and infiltrate it and um sneak around and kind of sneakily get past people until you get to the main one you could also probably like use a grenade launcher and just blaze your way in it but that's really hard so you you want to try and sneak around and be crafty so what you do is you find a security camera which they're all over this game. Right. And you you just hack into it. And hacking is just you just hold the square button. You hold the square button, it zooms you into the camera, so now you're controlling the camera. You can look around with the camera. While you're looking around with the camera, you can profile the enemies, so it'll tell you their, like, name, age, occupation, and then some background on them. Like, it'll say, like, uh, uh, pending lawsuit with roommate, or loves cosplaying, or uh, ch- uh, uh, having an affair ch- with a married woman. Cute little huh. additional story beats. Not necessarily cute, just just tells you something different about every character and, the, and their annual income for all of them. And then with certain enemies, there are things you can do, like jam their communications devices. So you hold square again, it'll jam their comm. Or you can send them a fake text message to distract them. And it opens up a little text message conversation at the bottom of the screen, and it's like... Hey, I'm breaking up with you. Wait, what? And then blah, blah, blah. And it's like you're pretending to be a girl that's breaking up with him, and that's you hacking into their phone. What a jerk. To distract them. Yeah, I know. And then in real life, like, they're distracted by their phone, so you can sneak up on them and then take them down quietly or use a silenced pistol or whatever. Um, and then there are also, like, 
if there is an electrical box, uh, like a, a switcher or something on a wall, you can overload it, which causes a small explosion, which will kill enemies within proximity. And then there's also several other cameras you can see from that camera's vantage point. If you just point at the other camera, you can then hack into that and then see from that camera's perspective. So as you can imagine, the spaces are set up so that... So that like, you're you jumping around from camera to camera for the most Yeah, you part. jump around from camera to camera. And yeah. that's that's the, the main thing about this game. You do that all, all the time. Um, you're jumping from camera to camera a lot... Uh, and so does that prevent you from having to do gunplay often then? Like, is it mostly this hacking stuff, or do they also have a fair amount of gun stuff? No, I mean, I've done a balance of both. I, I read a review that said that um, they think there's too much gunfire because, like, the whole point of the game is to be hacking and be, like, subtle and stuff like that, but you can just pull out a grenade launcher and plow through things. So if you want to, you could just go in there guns blazing and just kill everything. Well, certain times, see, I have found it much easier if you're, like, I, I find that very difficult. Like, maybe I'm just not good at shooting things, but I think it's easier to do the hacking, and usually there's a balance. If I take out everybody but one or two guys, then I'll go in and take them out. Um, and there's a couple other little game, like, fighting mechanics you can implement. Like, if you hit the uh, right thumbstick... It, I'm playing this on PS3. Right. You um, go into, like, focus mode, and basically everything moves in slow motion. So if there's, like, two or three guys right by each other and you want to take them out quickly, um, I can load up my silenced pistol, go into focus mode, quickly dispatch the three of them, hoping that focus doesn't run out beforehand, and then move on. So I can run a, run run forward maybe uh, a bit further into the area um, so that I can see another camera to hack into because you have to have line of sight pretty much to hack into something and that's why the cameras are important because you are moving from camera to camera and that gives you line of sight yes so you like jump from camera to camera then right yeah yeah so that i haven't found that there's a a terrible imbalance now again i'm only like 13 percent done with the game and that's including all side quests so i think i don't know i'm not far i've only done like two story beats i'm still in chapter one so um, I'm not far, but that that's the main thing of the game is all these side missions require that. Um, there are a lot of mini games. There are like five acid trips you can go on and they like send you into a dream world and you do some <laughs> we- crazy scenarios in okay. these. And like one is one is you destroy Chicago with a spider tank and it's just you're in Chicago in a spider tank. And you have 14 objectives to do in a row. A spider tank sounds One, awesome. Like, I kinda, it's really cool. I kind of want a spider tank. It's actually really fun. Um, uh, so, like, objective one is destroy five cars. The second objective is kill ten cops. The third objective is destroy the cop helicopter. And it just keeps going like that. Well, of course, all these cops are shooting at you and stuff. So you have to just, like, basically kill everybody in Chicago. It's pretty fun. Right. Uh, and that's that's it. I beat it the other day. I played it for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and like I think I pretty much beat that particular hallucinogenic quest. But that that's one of like five or six. And then there's lots of other mini games. There's a cash run where uh, a bunch of like virtual coins appear, and you have to run around the map and get them. There are vehicle um, chases, which are awesome. So uh, one of your cohorts is like a vehicle thief i guess and so he'll tell you to pick up a vehicle somewhere and then bring it to a certain location so that can include like cop chases that can include you off-roading through parts of the city uh that can include you like trying to go through a 
highly crowded area and not hit many pedestrians, killing them. Uh, and the entire game, you have a, a reputation points. So, like, if you kill a civilian with a car or something, then it goes down. Or if you see a crime going on by you and you dispatch the criminal, then it'll go up. And the higher it is, the less likely people are to, like, call the cops on you if you if they hear gunfire and things like that. So um, uh, there's, like, a zillion different layers in moving parts to this game. But, like, so far, I think it 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 blends together pretty well. It is it flows. As, is it as kind of beautiful and fleshed out in terms of a world as as they like advertised? Cuz I think one of the things that was kind of advertised with this game is that it's going to it's going to be one of the most impressive large-scale open-world endeavors that kind of has ever been created. Like do you feel like the world is incredibly expansive? Do you feel like it's pretty I think I'm too early in the game to tell. Okay. I will talk t- about Chicago, though, because I live in Chicago. Hey, and this game takes place in Chicago. It does. So it is hard for me to get around the game because... So right now I'm in The Loop, which is downtown, downtown Chicago. Right. Um, if you live outside of Chicago, you probably, like, you consider downtown to Chicago to be... To be The like, Loop. To be no, to be anywhere in the city. A lot of people consider like, oh, you live right downtown, and somebody will live by Wrigley Field. Well, no, to a Chicagoan, that's like three miles north of downtown. Right. That's downtown true. to to people in the city is a very specific area. So I'm in in downtown downtown Chicago, the Loop, the downtown Magnificent Mile, Tribune Tower, Wrigley Building, that kind of thing. Um, the game does a really good job of capturing Chicago architecture, and um. And the way that it flows, like, the CTA, the Chicago Transit Authority, the train, the train driving around, like, when you get on it, it says, doors closing. And it's not the same voice as the guy that does it on the CTA, but it's close, and he does the same inflections. And they've got the same sound effects, so it, like, sounds like you're on the CTA. And the train tracks look just like the train tracks. And um, there's a lot of, like, old-school Chicago architecture that you can see when you're downtown. Uh, for instance, especially at the ends of bridges, there are big kind of like lamppost type things, and those are recreated in the game very beautifully. Like the railings, even down to the railings uh, along Wacker Drive along the river, um, all of that's done really well. So they they've done a good job of replicating like Chicago architecture and the way downtown Chicago looks and feels. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a remix. It's a remix of downtown Chicago. Well, of course it is because they can't model the entire city. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like they. Well, it, for me, it makes it harder. So I, I'm so they 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 included Millennium Park, including the the Pritzker Pavilion, the big band shell there, and the Bean, uh, as it is colloquially known, the big sculpture right there at Millennium Park. Uh, and the Bean is actually in the game. I just did a cutscene at the Bean. It's it's it looks a bit different clearly because copyrights and stuff, but it's there. And I know living in Chicago, if I drive north of the Bean, I'll cross the river and then Tribune Towers on the right. Well, at the Bean in the game, if I go north and cross the river, I'm suddenly going up or down this like steep hill, which is nothing like the Magnificent Mile, and Tribune Tower is like eight blocks over to the left, eight blocks to the east. So you're giving this game a two out of ten because it is not historically accurate. one out of ten one out of ten one out of well, because, ten so so yeah and if you're just joining us listen we're talking about watchdogs because it's it a is documentary graphically accurate right watchdogs is a documentary about the city of chicago and they, they put tribune tower in the wrong place and i work there on sundays so like for me that's jarring um it's it's just funny because like if you think about it if 
if you were playing a video game that took place in a place where you live and you're used to the streets and you know where to go in real life and then it's not there in the game, then it's like confusing to you and you get turned around and stuff. So GTA 5 takes place in LA and a lot of the people in the game's media are based out of LA or at least a lot of the in the big outlets yeah. are based out of either like LA or San Francisco. People that live around that area that know LA and they never really had those complaints about that game. They said that like it does a, a pretty good job of of kind of demonstrating what LA proper looks like. I don't think they were expecting it though to be an actual recreation of the city. Yeah, I wasn't expecting a one to one. I wasn't expecting like the same streets and stuff. But for me, it's just taking getting used to. And this is something no most of our listeners aren't going to need to even deal with because they don't live in Chicago. Right. But for me, it's just it's been interesting to me. It's just been interesting to me, you know? It's it's like, it's something you don't really think about, and now I'm playing through the game, and I'm, you know, driving around the city, and I'm just like, wait, but that's not what... But that... Oh, okay, wait. But Navy Pier shouldn't... Okay, all right, I guess. And it, so that is just kind of funny like that. Um, I don't think it's bad. I'm not trying to complain about it, other than that it makes me hate this game. Right. Uh, but it's it's not bad. Uh, it But again, the architecture's done really well, uh, and and some of the, the details of it. So, um... You know, I can't speak to the full expansiveness of the game since I've only explored a couple neighborhoods, but uh, I think they did a pretty decent job. Pretty decent job. So I like it so far. I like it so far. I, I'm, I'm happy so, with it. So you're 13% in. Do you, th- do you feel like there's enough gameplay there? you feel like it's varied enough to where you're going to have enough to keep you going? Yeah, honestly, like that's, what I... Like, me personally, that's my big problem with open-world games is that, like, I'll be really interested for the first maybe third of the game... And then at some point, I start to get really burned out on it. See, the funny thing is I'm not interested in the story at all. Okay. Yet. Um, the main character is super generic, and I don't care about him. He's the he's just super generic, and I don't care about him at all. Okay. Um, the supporting characters seem kind of fun. Honestly, before I even go to any objective, I do side missions for like three hours. I think I played for six or seven hours on Saturday, and I maybe completed two story beats. Okay. And we're talking story beats that took, like, 20 minutes. So the story is not driving you through this game. It is kind of the the an- ancillary co- uh, content. It, well, it's it's exploring it and hacking into things. And, I, like, I like the mechanics of the game. I like, I like the driving. I like the shooting. I like the hacking. I, like, I like the game as a game. Main storyline doesn't need to drive me, drive me, you know, if it's, as long as it's fun. That's kind of all. I mean, there's, it certainly wouldn't be the first game out there that doesn't have the most compelling storyline, but is still really fun. Sure. Um, so I can't think of any examples. I mean, like the Halo franchise, or like Call of Duty. I mean, okay, barring Modern Warfare, the first one, like Modern Warfare 2, I didn't care. Modern Warfare 3, I literally didn't even play campaign. I just played multiplayer. Right. I don't feel like every feature in a game has to be phenomenal. I think maybe the main story in Watch Dogs, maybe it's a slow start. Maybe it'll get better. I'm not really into it now, but I like everything else enough to keep playing. I'm going to keep playing for a while. Sure. And that's that's good. And if anything, you've just got the side content that's going to keep driving you to play the game. And even if maybe you don't continue with the storyline, you are still having fun with the game playing all this random side stuff. Yeah, I like the random side stuff. Yeah. 
but, which which yeah, is good. You, you you don't do open world games. I do though. Why again? I just don't. Well, you, you're selective. I, I am. I'm very selective. So like my open world gaming, and we were talking about this a little earlier today when we were just talking on GChat. Like for me, the open world games that have really connected with me, that have really kind of been the games that I've gotten into, have been games that are not set in like a, a a real contemporary city. Like I tried to play GTA 4, which takes place in what is supposed to be like Rockstar's version of New York, and it was just too real. And that's kind of a, that may be kind of a weird complaint, but like I. I just found it kind of boring to get home from work or get home from at that point I was probably still in school but to get home from school and jump into a game that takes place where like you're driving down a city street which like I had literally just gotten done doing so the the open world games that I've really enjoyed and the two that I was talking to you about today were Saints Row the Third and Red Dead Redemption. Now, Red Dead Redemption is a western. You have a horse. There are no roads. It is completely unlike an environment that you can see today that either of us could see today in an easy way. I mean, you could probably right. go to Oklahoma or Montana or, or parts of Colorado and stuff, and you could probably find cities that were connected by horse trails. But, like, it is, it's, for us, that is not a thing that you could find today. So, it was incredibly different than, like, a regular world experience, and it was awesome, and I loved it. So, Red Dead Redemption was really good to me for that reason. If you go back, listener, and you listen to our episode on Saints Row the Third, you will see why that game, why I enjoyed that game so much, because that game is just bananas wacky. It's ridiculous. So, I should probably make sure that podcast is actually online. Yeah, so that it's was like a, our an older sixth, one. That may have been like our sixth episode ever. I mean, it was very it's it's an old episode, but it is that game Saints of the Third is so wacky. It's just it's just it does not take itself seriously at all, and that is what makes it so good. So that is why Saints of the Third was so good to me. And I actually own Saints of the Fourth, but I haven't played it yet. But I, I've heard it's very much more of the same. Um. So those are the types of open world games that like really I get into. And I think Watch Dogs, which I was a little excited about because I, I when I when we you know first heard about it, it was they really played up the hacking aspect of it. But as I have read reviews on it, as I've heard people kind of talk more about it, I'm thinking it's probably more of the things I kinda don't want for my open world games. And so for me, I I decided I I'm probably not gonna get it. Yeah, I mean, that's possibly fair. I I agree. I thought GTA was, like, I don't want to come home and play a video game where I pick up my girlfriend for a date, bring her bowling, and then go back home. Oh, and if I ran a red light, a cop is going to, like, try and shoot me. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, a, little too, like, it's a little too real. Yeah, um, Watch Dogs isn't like that. I mean, I you know, it's the kind of game where... You can be idling a motorcycle at, like, five miles an hour, and you bump into a light pole, and the light pole crashes and falls over. And, like, that's funny to me. Like, physics that don't make any sense, because it's a video game. Sure. Like, there's, like, stupid physics in it. I can, like, crash into a car, like, into other cars, like, 50 times and still be driving and not worry about, like, wrecking my car after one little hit or anything. Um, you know, silly physics. I can jump off the second story on the concrete, and then my guy just like pants a couple times, and then he's all right. You know, like it's it's just cartoony enough to uh, to not be too real or whatever. But it sure. looks nice, so um, yeah. 
get what so you're saying. You should check out some. You should check out some gameplay videos. Um, you know, see see if it if it's not necessarily like try to get you to buy it or not, but just to see how close it is to your if expectations. It, if it clicks, because I know well, I know you've read a lot, but it'd be interesting to like see you watch some of it. Right. And you, you know, Aisha Tyler's in it, right? No, no, I didn't. She plays a recurring character. So there's there are side quests where you you hack into people's homes with this really really fun hacking puzzle game that you play. You just like uh, change these conduit directions to get the electricity to go to the right places. But I think it's super fun. Um, is it, when you hack is into it, these, is it basically uh, Pipe Dream? Uh, I haven't played Pipe Dream. Is it basically the hacking minigame from the original Bioshock? Uh, nah, I don't remember. It's Pipe Dream. That's what Pipe Dream is. No, I think it's... I remember Pipe Dream vaguely. I think this is You have to make the water flow in the correct direction in the pipes. Yeah, but I think this is slightly different. Okay. Um, Look, it doesn't matter. Possibly some of the same principles. But anyway, um, and when you hack into someone's home, um, it it turns on a camera in their home, and you have a very limited scope of view. But you watch, and you're in someone's home. So, like, one of the homes, there's a mother yelling at her kids in the next room. Which you just really hear her plays yelling. up to your voyeuristic nature. Right. It's perfect for my voyeuristic nature. Um, and there was one, like, a really weird one where a guy is talking to a girl and talking about how she should move in with him. And the girl is a mannequin. And he's sitting on the couch with this mannequin, like, getting into this really emotional discussion with this mannequin. It's like it's Lars super... and the Real Girl. It's like what? Lars and the Real Girl. I don't know what that is. It's a movie. Keep pulling out references and understand. You're really uncultured. Pretty much. So there's just, like, stupid it's things like Joaquin that. It's got Joaquin Phoenix, and he falls in I, love with a Joel doll. Joel Quim has no relevance falls to my life. Falls in love with a doll. And uh, Aisha Tyler is one of the characters that you spy on, and she's like on a phone conversation. It's very funny, and apparently she appears random other parts in the game, just as NPCs that just are ridiculous to watch and mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, yeah, there's that whole voyeuristic thing, and I won't get into all that right now. But, um, but Aisha Tyler apparently has a recurring role in the game, and it's she's funny. She's the voice. If you don't know, she's the voice of. Uh, she was the she was the person who did the Ubisoft press conference. I know who she is. Well, I know you do, but the listener she she did Lana in Future or in uh, Archer, and uh, Layla in Futurama. Shh. L- Layla is yes. In, Layla is in the the Cyclops. No, she did not do Layla. Yes, she did. No, she didn't. The girl that did Layla is the same girl that that was Peggy Bundy in Married with Children. That is not Aisha. You were no the Cyclops in Futurama is Aisha Tyler. I'm going to prove you wrong right now. Hang on. I'm 100% sure. We're going to fix this problem. Cyclops in Futurama voice actor. That doesn't mean just using... uh... What? No, that's not right. Yeah, voiced by Katie Sagal, who is the same woman that was... Are you kidding me? Peggy Bundy in Married with Children. So look, what? it's it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Your penance. Your penance. It said, "Are you sure to Tyler filmography?" That's not what I said. Google. So are you serious? Your penance is that you should probably go watch Lars and the Real and the Real Girl because it's actually a very funny and good movie, and it's on Netflix. I'm pretty sure. Why did I think she was Layla from Futurama? I don't know. That's really weird. That's like a I. Yeah, we should have bet on that because I would have made some money or some heroin, which you often bet. Wait, th- she does her Wikipedia picture doesn't even look like the girl I'm thinking of. 
I don't even know who this woman is. <laughs> okay, so are you kidding? Uh, Aisha I did Tyler not know she looked like. This. And she was, I knew she was black. Well, she Aisha look Tyler like this is picture. the woman that voices Layla is not. I can't handle you right now. You can't handle me, really. Okay, so so the- she's Lana in Archer. So point is, Lana from Archer plays a character in in Watch Dogs. A recurring can we character please that's pretend funny. this entire part that's of this worth- episode never happened? Oh my god, what have you done? That okay. was that was fun. That was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but you're liking it. That's that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you? What did you play this weekend? I certainly didn't play a game with Aisha Tyler in it. Um, so uh, I don't know who that is. I, I actually, I really don't think you do. I don't think you have any idea who Aisha Tyler is. And did you hear Powerpuff Girls is coming back? No, that's kind of weird. Yeah, they just announced it today. They're bringing back Powerpuff Girls. That's kind of random. It's really. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, I don't know if I ever liked that show. Like, I don't remember watching it as a kid. I loved that show. Didn't we were it kinda, in, like, didn't high it kind of ape anime? Wasn't that kind of its thing? Uh, it was just really awesome. Okay. I, I don't no, really know sure, what else to I'm say. I'm sure it was. I bet it was. Um, let's see. I uh, remember how last week I talked about how I should give Plants for Zombies two a chance again. Yeah. Why did you say that? Because oh, I, I you heard, said they fixed. I heard yeah. that they changed a bunch of stuff. So I was thinking about that, and I was like, I'm going to give it another chance. They have totally nailed it and fixed the game. It's really good now. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. They did an awesome job. So it's a free-to-play game. It's a free-to-play tower defense game. And uh, when it first came out, and I talked about this on an episode of Unqualified Gamers as well. It might have been in the 40s or the 30s. But one of the big problems I had with it was that they they uh, they had this long this this map that you had to go through, and you had to like grind for stuff to find it in the levels that would be they would randomly drop from stuff from zombies you killed, and like you'd have to you'd have to have a certain number of keys that would randomly drop, and they'd be super rare, and it would take you five hours of playing the game to find the keys, and you may finish all of the levels in this first area, but you couldn't unlock the second area until you found the correct number of keys, right? Well, now. Once you get to a certain point in the level, you'll encounter... Or a certain point in, like, the world, you'll encounter a level that has this big monster in it. And if you kill the monster, he'll drop a key, and then you can use that key to unlock the next world. You can also spend money to unlock the next world if that's your thing. Real world money. Right, but you don't have to, because you can kill this giant zombie to unlock it. Um, Another big problem with the game before was that Every level had three stars, and stars were another thing you had to collect to unlock uh, to unlock stuff. But you couldn't collect multiple stars on a level with a single playthrough. So you'd have to go through a level and finish it in a certain way to get a single star. You'd have to then go back to that level, do the entire level over again with maybe a different stipulation to get your next star, and then you'd have to go back and do the exact same level over a third time to get that third star. And so... The time investment was outrageous for people that were trying to unlock things. Um, and the gameplay wasn't, like, varied enough to keep it interesting. So they completely did away with that. Now every world is a linear map of 25 levels. And rather than have three 
kind of levels of difficulty, which were kind of what the stars were going for. They were they were trying to be different levels of difficulty. They didn't do a very good job of that. Now they have just made the game much more difficult, and you just have to beat the level once. So that's pretty fun. So like I find myself having to play having to play levels maybe three four times uh, to to beat them, but each time I'm getting closer and closer to completing the level, I may be changing up the plants that I've brought into that particular level to try a different strategy, and then I only have to beat it once to advance. So that kind of keeps that fresh as well. Definitely like that. And then each of those levels may have a different stipulation on it, like you can't plant on these, you can't plant plants on these spaces, or um, you can't let the zombies get past this space because they'll trample these flowers. So you have to make sure to keep them in front of that particular space. Um, so that keeps the, that game pretty inter- that keeps the game pretty interesting that way. And like I said, you don't have to continually replay the level over and over again uh, to to farm stars. You basically just have to play it, and then once you beat it, you get to advance. Hmm. Um, and then like there are things you can unlock. So like there are power ups that get unlocked with in game currency because there's always in game currency dropping that you're collecting. IGC. Uh, and you are collecting that and you're able to like buy power-ups in the middle of the game to use so that's fun um you can also purchase those with real world money um and the power-ups were things that were not in the original plants vs zombies so that's kind of like a fun little addition but i don't i haven't found yet that like i've I've been out of the in-game currency using the new system to the point where like i need to buy those with real with real money. Like, I don't feel like they're pay-to-win items. You can have enough regular money to buy them. I've felt like it so far. Um, and then you can also... There's also plant food, which superpowers your plants that are on the board. Again, it's a tower defense game. They're your towers. Um, and then you can buy plant food with real-world money as well. That Those all drop in the middle of the game by destroying special zombies. Um, but they have total. They really have, to me, as far as a free-to-play game goes, they have totally fixed that game. They're, the only thing that they have put behind a paywall are, like, five unique plants that you could not get any other way, but so far I haven't needed them at all to advance. So I don't think that any of them are going to be necessary to advance in the game. So how does that work? How does that happen? How does, how does EA say, let's just change the entire game to eliminate all these issues... So I think that what happened was there were so many complaints with the structure that they developed for that the initial release of Plants vs. Zombies 2. They were like, this, like, they, recog- they recognize that Plants vs. Zombies is an important brand. If they didn't, they wouldn't come out with, like, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, that first-person shooter that just came out on Xbox One and will eventually make it to the PC. Like, they wouldn't have come out with that. Like, Plants vs. Zombies is a recognizable brand. It's probably PopCap's arguably most uh, most sold game. It might be their most sold. Um, it's either that or Peggle, I would, I would say. You know, it could be Bejeweled. I don't know. It's... It's an important franchise to PopCap. So, um, they I think they realized that they needed to take care of it because hmm. it's going to be used to sell games in the future. And so they were like, well, we recognize that you guys don't like what we've done with it, so we're going to fix it. And they did. And good, good f***ing on them. So what about all those people that paid money uh, for those garbage features before they fixed the game? What about all those people? I think that the way that that worked is... Um, 
some of the stuff that you unlock um, will turn into like I had keys on my account that I was using to save up to unlock the next area well since those keys don't really exist anymore they just turned into in-game currency and so I think if you had things that were that you had kind of been building up they just turned into in-game currency I I think that for some of the people that maybe have paid the money into the game to unlock certain content or whatever they probably got a little screwed and that's unfortunate but for the vast majority of people because we know that the vast majority of people do not pay for in-game content on free-to-play games they ended up getting a better deal out of it and i'll be perfectly honest with the quality that the game is at now i am actually considering buying some of those optional plants just for fun because i like to throw money to games that are free-to-play when they're being done well it's it's the same reason why i actually i actually put money into league of legends Hmm. and i actually may i judge you I put money into Mass Effect 3 as well, into the multiplayer. I put money into alternate costumes for Noel and Sarah in Final Fantasy XIII 2. Sure, a $60 game. Yeah, Mass Effect is a $60 game. Yeah, no, it's not. Mass Effect is not a $60 game. I bought it for $10. Oh, really? Where? On an Origin The made-up internet store that doesn't exist? On an Origin is the same place? Is it the same place you get pumpkin, carrot cookie barbecue cake you're right so mass effect 3 was a different was a different uh a different thing and i probably shouldn't have spent extra money on that and that was ea being a jerk but i really liked that that multiplayer so i spent money on it i know i'm part of the problem for that in the past i have spent money on map packs for halo and call of duty and would never ever ever do it again they are never worth it they are never good. Okay. You pay like fifteen dollars for two maps, maybe four, but usually one of which is kind of fun, and the rest are just worse. But than this the game. Maps. But keep in mind that this game and many other free-to-play games have just been given to you. So, like, if it no, is... I know. I was pretty much changing the subject. Okay. So that was one thing that I did, and I'm actually really glad that I did. Um, it's such a, like, tower defense games to me are such just a chill out. They're a very passive way to play games because you basically set up everything, and then you just kind of let your stuff automate and do its own thing. Um, so it's easy to concentrate on other things at the same time. That being said, with the difficulty spike that they have put in the game now, so like all of the levels are much, much harder, you do have to do a lot more stuff to make sure that you win the levels. Um, so it is less passive than it was before, but it is a, it is a, they've done an excellent job with it. They really have. Excellent. So that was one of the things that I did. The other And th- before we move on to your other game, we have a question from a, a viewer okay. that is actually watching us record this live on uh, Google Hangouts. The question from Mr. David Powell, do you play Pokemon? You, in fact, play Pokemon. I played Pokemon. Oh, yeah, you haven't picked it back up, have you? No. So, neither John nor I... So, John and I are old. We played Pokemon Red and Blue back in the the first generation of Pokemon, the first ever Pokemon games in the U.S. And that was quite literally the only games we played. That was the only Pokemon games that we played. Yeah. You talk about Pokemania, we really had it. Yeah, we were in uh, middle school at the time, and it was the type of thing where we would bring Pokemon to school with us, and we would... Oh my god, every day. Yeah, did we you play it all the time. Did, did you ever play the trading card game? I did, for a while. Okay. And I never did that, but I watched the anime quite a bit. 
Big yep, fan. I also watched the anime. Uh, fast forward 15, 20 years, and uh, Pokemon X and Y come out. John and I, John picked up Pokemon X. I picked up Pokemon Y. First time we played Pokemon since the original games, and it was I, basically the same game. It's still great. Oh, but there's still so many, so many extra features. Oh yeah. Uh, I embarked on a quest to catch as many as I could. I got to like 375, I think, maybe around 400, and beat the game. Did some post-game stuff, and I was good to go. And then John played for eight hours straight. Forgot to save his game and then stopped playing it. So what happened was, <laughs> what happened was, I I did in fact forget to save the game, but the game popped out of my system in my pocket because it like pressed down when I sat or something like that, and then I lost where I was in the 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 sleep part of the game, and I hadn't saved for like eight hours of gameplay, and I never picked it back up again. Yeah, you should though. And then we could trade. I agree. I it was a really fun game. It just it really burned me. So. Yeah, it's hard when you lose a ton of data to just go right back and play it. Yeah, and so like I'm giving it a lot of time before I jump back into it again. Yeah, but he will. So hope that answers your question, David. Uh, thanks so much for watching slash listening. And uh, if you have more questions, you know we're doing a live. We're doing it live. And now, John, we'll talk about other things that he played this week. Yeah, and so the other thing that started, and we have talked about this on the podcast before, when we talked about how sometimes players of, like, of especially classic video games go and they play a game a different way to freshen it up. Oh, yes, I'm excited about this. To, like, freshen it up. And so, like, the way that the, the, I think in the context that we used before was speedruns specifically. So, like, people will go back and they'll try to cut and glitch out games and stuff to just beat a game because a game is so well known like a Super Metroid game for instance is so well known that like you can't you could play that game and continue to play it the the normal way but it's so rote at this point because it is it's just so well known that like people go back now and instead of playing it the normal way their goal is to play it as fast as they can to beat it in like 28 minutes or whatever, the speedrunners can do it now. Um, So, this kind of stuff has been happening probably forever, since video games have been around, Uh, but I have never really partaken in it so much. So this is kind of my first endeavor into it, and this is uh, something that goes on every year, and it's called the Four Job Fiesta. And this is an alternate way to play Final Fantasy V. Okay? Now, Final Fantasy V was a a Final Fantasy game that did not appear in the States for a really long time. Um, they, The first time it was ever published was on the original PlayStation, but it came out on the Super Nintendo in Japan. It just never, made it, Famicom. To, it just never made it to America because the Japanese thought it was too difficult for American audiences. It was legitimately the reason why they never brought it over here. Um, and maybe Cody can speak to that. But, Which it is. <laughs> yeah, but that was it's why it, that was why it never made it over here. So my first exposure to it really was on a ROM hack uh, when I was doing ROMs, and it was an English translation just done by fans, um, and it was really good. But then I got the legitimate version of the game on Final Fantasy Chronicles, maybe, for the PlayStation. It was either Anthology or Chronicles, and it had Final Fantasy V, and it was a fully translated version, and I played that game, and that was really my first exposure to the game. And I thought the game was awesome. It was the first 
It's not the first. It is a, it is one of the the first Final Fantasy games with a job system, and it really refined the job system. Final Fantasy three was the the progenitor of the job system, but it was not very fleshed out. It was not very polished. Um, like later jobs in Final Fantasy three were clearly far superior to earlier jobs. Whereas in Final Fantasy V, it is a very robust job system. So the jobs that are that you find early in the game can be used all the way throughout the rest of the game. So this game has been played over and over and over again by many people because it is a Final Fantasy game that is kind of common with Final Fantasy games. But what this four-job fiesta is, is it's an alternate way to play the game. It's some, um, some Twitter bot that somebody has set up and there are four crystals in the game, and at, they, they happen at various points in, in, in the game. And when you get to each crystal, you unlock a certain number of jobs. So the very first crystal is the wind crystal, for instance, and you get six jobs that are unlocked. The four-job fiesta gives you a single job, and there are kind of a few ways to play the four-job fiesta, but the base way is that there are four crystals, and when you get to each crystal and unlock that set of jobs, you are given one job from that set, and you are required then to have a single character at least playing as that job. So for instance, you start the game and you get to the wind crystal and you're given a single job. Every single character must be that job that you are given. The next crystal you get to, one character needs to be the job from the first crystal you you reached. And then at least one character needs to be the the uh, the second job that you unlock. And then the two characters can be either one of those two jobs. So on and so forth until you've unlocked four jobs. And then at that point, no matter what, for the rest of the game, all four characters have to be those four jobs. And they each have to be... Repre- each of those jobs has to be represented. So you have to have one of each. The characters can flip around, but you have to have one of each of those jobs in your party. And that's basically it. That's the new way to play the game. And keep in mind that there are 26 jobs in the expanded version of this game. So you're basically cutting out 22 jobs that you can play with by doing it this way. Um, and so it just started on Sunday. Today we are recording on a Monday. Or a Tuesday. Monday. It's a Monday today. It just started on a Monday and we are recording... Or it just started on Sunday. We're recording on a Monday and I have unlocked my first set of jobs. And... Uh, in the first set, Thief is one of the jobs that you can get. You can also get White Mage, Black Mage, uh, Monk, Knight, and Blue Mage are the six jobs, and then Thief. And I was fortunate, or unfortunate enough in this case, to unlock Thief. So the Thief in the game is like more of a support class, and so I already... Like, I have already reached a point... Here's Here's a great... Here's just a great, like, single story from the game that has already happened. So, I've unlocked the game, and the next thing I, you have to do is go to this uh, this ship graveyard with all these these uh, abandoned ships. And um, all of my characters have to be thieves right away when you hit the wind crystal. So, that happens, and then there's one town, and then you go to this this dungeon. It turns out that in the town, they don't sell equipment for thieves. So, my thieves are literally unarmed... When they what? enter, yeah, when they enter the ship graveyard, because there's no way to equip them. So there is a single enemy in the ship graveyard that will occasionally drop a dagger 
that allows you to equip your thief with a weapon. So I basically farmed skeletons until I got enough daggers to equip my whole party, since they're all thieves, so I could then advance in the game. And so, wow. so that is like what I've had to do now. And so I'm at the end of the ship graveyard and I'm fighting a boss. The boss turns undead occasionally and does a crazy amount of damage to my characters. So I'm, I'm fighting him right now. I, I haven't beat him yet. He's actually wiped me out twice. But what I think I have, I'm going to have to do is that in Final Fantasy V and in other Final Fantasy games too, but Final Fantasy V has this... Um, in, in the most easy to understand way if an enemy is undead any thing items spells whatever that you try to use on an enemy will will hurt them instead of heal them and that includes in this game things like potions so I think what I'm gonna need to do is I'm gonna need to hang out and steal a bunch of potions from the from the enemies that are in the area I'm at to where I can get to the boss and when the boss turns to its undead form I'm gonna have to use potions on it a bunch to kill it and I think that's what I'm going to have to do to kill it. But that's just like my first experience. This is the first dungeon in the game. And that is my first experience with the difficulty that this is going to raise in playing the game this way. And I'm super excited about it. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't frustrate me. And maybe it's because it's the first real challenge at all I've had with the game. But so far, it it's kind of like fun. It's like, it's a completely, it's just a completely different way to play the game. Um... And I, I've got another friend. We've got a friend who's doing this with with me. We're doing this together. And his first his first job that he unlocked was a white mage. And so he's in the ship graveyard with all the undead stuff. And he just walked through it because he got to the <laughs> boss. All of his characters are white mages. He gets to the boss that goes undead. He just cures it a bunch of times and it dies. Not to mention he can also heal his characters with spells, which I can't do. So. Like his experience completely different from mine, um, but it's it's really cool. It's really cool, um, and I'm kind of excited because the game is difficult. Uh, the very first time I ever played it and and played it to completion, I did find it difficult compared to some other, specifically other Final Fantasy games. So I'm pretty excited to play it um, and play it this way. Yeah, it. Hearing you talk about it makes it tempting to actually do even though I, I was not the biggest fan of the game because I thought it was really really difficult especially right. at a certain at certain points in the game I just thought it was too hard but god that is really tempting isn't it cool I don't know it's just it was it was really wacky and it just this first part this first part because like I get to I got to the boss and the first time she just wiped me out completely like I didn't even come close I was like I there like I have there's got there's a way to do this because people have been doing this for job fiesta forever I just need to figure out the way to do it oh and that's the other caveat right so um in the in the for job fiesta from what I understand there is not a set of characters that you can be dealt that you cannot complete the game with some of them require a lot more like dedication and grinding and maybe some other tactics than other 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 sets of classes but they can all be completed because there has been a completed game for every set of characters up to this point every single one yes so there hasn't been a set of characters that you can't complete the game with there actually there actually aren't that many sets when you think about it because you can't you get you get 
te- you like you get members from each crystal. Like there's only a set number of classes from each crystal, rather than there being just a giant set that you can pull from. Like the first crystal is only one of six. The second crystal is only one of four. The third crystal is only one of five. Yeah, but that's still like six times, four times, five times. Yes, there's a lot, but there's multiple hundreds of people or thousands of people playing this every year. Because hmm. this, this happens every year. And the other cool thing that I didn't mention about this, there's a charity drive that goes on at the same time for Child's Play. Um, and so people are donating money. They're already up to like $6,800 for this year, and it goes through September. So like it opens in it opens in June. Pre-registration happens a couple of weeks before, but you can register anytime. Like, Listener, if you have played Final Fantasy V before and you want to try this kind of fun way to do it, go to fourjobfiesta.com. You can register yourself. You can register all the way through the end of the Four Job Fiesta, but it goes through September, so you've got like three solid months to play the game and beat it this way. So it's not like a, you're not, it's not like you're on a time crunch. Yeah, I'm tempted. <laughs> I know. It's cool, especially with the charity too. Yeah, and so there's the charity drive too. So like you could, and I think you can like, uh, you can like pledge to various runners. They also do things where like there are people that are running the game right now and are streaming it. Um, and so you can probably go to Twitch right now and find a live stream of somebody who's doing the four job fiesta and probably doing some of the alternate rules that makes it much more difficult. For instance, there's a class in the game called Berserker. The Berserker class, you have zero control over. You equip the character, but it always just attacks. Uh, it does like extra damage because it's always Berserk, but it, that's all it does is just attacks. Well, in the regular four job fiesta, the Berserker is not a class that you can get dealt. But. If you want, you can add this to your to your uh, stipulations of your game when you first register. It's called Berserker Risk, and you can be dealt a Berserker. You can do this any number of times to where you could be dealt two or three Berserkers. I'm, I like, I've looked at teams and I've seen a team with two Berserkers on it, and so that car- that person has to have two Berserkers in their party when they're playing the game, which is incre- like that's incredibly difficult because you're already talking about completely limiting the way that you, you play this game. Now you're talking about having you know one character that you can literally not control at all. It and just wait, is going to sit there and attack. How do you get two berserkers if there's one job class from each Because pistol? it's a specific stipulation where you you type in berserker risk and you can type that in twice if you want. And basically the way it works is for every $100 of charity that um, for every $100 of charity that the 4Job Fiesta raises, it will deal one Berserker to somebody with the Berserker risk. <laughs> and so if you've if you've done... Oh, oh, that's what it is. And so if you've got Berserker risk, it could deal you two if enough money has been donated. So, like, you have the opportunity to get multiple Berserkers in your party if you do a Berserker risk. But it's for every $100 that's donated. But they're at 6000 so that's... 60 Berserkers. 68 Berserkers right now in parties. 68 Berserkers. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, and so I'm excited to talk to... I've already talked to... Um, I was texting my our, our buddy about it today who's also doing it. And he's already gotten to the third crystal. His his road is... The classes that he's unlocked, and I'm very familiar with, this, with the game, he is doing something incredibly brave. This is the first time he has played the game, and he's doing it with this four-job fiesta in mind. So that's kind of <laughs> cool. Um, but just looking at his party, he has already such an easier time compared to me having a thief. Like just, what's, his second, what's his second class? He, so he's got a thief, he's got a mystic knight, which is a... a a melee character that uses magic to kind of exploit elemental weaknesses in the game. 
And then he's got a ranger who has arguably the best ultimate ability in the entire game. It's an ability called Rapid Fire, which allows you to attack four times. You attack four times with like a slightly weakened attack. But What about the White Mage? And then the White Mage can heal, which he also got. He hasn't got his fourth class yet. So he's got White Mage, Ranger, and Mystic Knight. So he's got a, a melee person, he's got like a back-ranged attacker, and he's got a White Mage. Oh, I thought you said he had Thief. No, I have Thief. That's the yeah, only... Yeah, yeah, I knew that's that. The, okay. Yeah, that's the only class I've unlocked so far. And that is, like I said, going to be a challenge. Like, I'm basically going to have to steal stuff throughout the whole game to make sure that I'm just better equipped than other parties would be. That's going to be the way I'm going to have to do it. Now, are you going to tweet about this occasionally? Yes, and that's the other thing. I will start tweeting about it. Um, they do... The Four Job Fiesta does have ways to tweet and kind of update people on your on your um, progress. You can follow me at EatPlayGame is my, uh, my Twitter handle, and I will be t- uh, tweeting throughout the course of this. I would, cu- I would like to stream it, but it's because I'm going to be playing on my iPad, it's probably not a possibility. I think maybe in future years, if this one goes well for me, I think in future years I would try to stream it basically using a ROM since I now own a copy of the game, I wouldn't feel bad about doing that. So I would stream it using a ROM. Um, but for now, I will just tweet my progress on it. So you can follow me if you want to hear that progress. That is at Eat Play Game, um, and you should see some updates from me uh, on the game. That is awesome. I, I, I don't think I would do that. If I did an alternate way to play a game, I would probably do the Nuzlocke challenge. And that's the one, I think, for Pokemon, right? Where you get six random trades and you just use those six Pokemon? Uh, close. It, the first Pokemon you encounter in a new area, you have to capture it. And then it goes in your party. Um, until you have six and then you can't capture anymore. If a Pokemon dies, you release it. Period. Sure. So you release it permanently. That's... That's an interesting challenge. Yeah. And if Pokemon die, that would allow you to keep getting more later in the game. Right. But if you've got that Charmander and you've just played through half the game with him as Charizard and a gym leader busts out some rock Pokemon or something that hits a critical hit and it's super effective and kills him... You have to release Charizard. That's a real sad story, bro, but that's part of the challenge. That's part of the reason why you do it. So don't get super invested with the runs, I think, is what Cody is trying to say. Don't get super invested with the game that you're playing. Like, because the point of these alternate runs oftentimes is to be difficult, is to is to maybe have you lose that Charizard that you have become incredibly attached to. Well, and for the Pokemon one specifically, a lot of people say that part of part of what it brings to the game is greater attachment to the Pokemon you do have and then retain because because regularly Pokemon you just you, you swap them in and out of your PC like it's nothing it doesn't make it you know it doesn't make a right. difference same with you and your thief by the end of this run you're going to look at your thief and be like I'm gonna hate it oh, no, no don't even start I'm gonna hate my thief I already can, hate my thief no you're gonna hate your thief through the entire game but when you finish you're gonna look back and be like that that thief got me through this entire game. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, true. like, you're going to be able to look back and you're going to be, like, slightly attached to these characters. And, like, this party's always going to have an impression on you because you're not swapping in and out their jobs the whole game. Like, once you get that fourth job, it's those four people 
and then you have to play through the whole rest of the game. That's and you're right. gonna remember that. And the way the game is set up, so the like the way the systems in the game are are set up, listener, um, you have a base class called a freelancer, and when you change to that freelancer class, their stats are at a base level. But if you've mastered any jobs, that gives you bonuses to your stats, and the highest bonus in those stats from the classes you've mastered goes to your freelancer's base stats. So like the idea of the game is to get through the whole game master a bunch of classes on a variety of characters and then switch everybody to freelancer at the end and then they're going to have really high stats you can kind of customize their their um, abilities and that's how you beat the game but all of the classes when you switch to them have both uh, penalties and and increases to their attributes um, but with this particular run you're ending the game with your characters not as freelancers but you're ending the you're ending the game as your characters as particular classes so it's the end of the game is going to be much more difficult with the way this system is set up um and i'm excited to try it i'm really i'm really pumped to see where it goes me too i'm excited i'll keep you updated well, yeah that is a super cool thing and then i guess to wrap up uh let's see if any of our listeners are playing the the uh four job fiesta Perhaps. I'm waiting. I'm listening. I'm hoping. Okay, great. Um, as always, uh, listener, we ask what you are doing this weekend with what games you're playing. Miles says playing Watch Dogs, Infamous Second Son, and Amazing Spider-Man. Apparently the video game. Oh, edit. Just got the Destiny Alpha. My weekend is now gone, but I don't care. Mm, cool. I, wanna, I heard... heard so many good things about that Alpha. Man, why didn't I even attempt to get that? Yeah, I've heard so many good things. Really, I really have. All right. Uh, Jay says, Watch Dogs, Transistor, Mario Kart 8, and I may play some Brawl this weekend. Just a nice little throwback. James says, Currently Diablo 3 on 360. Completed the first run through, not a patch on the first two games. Not a... So that's pro- that probably means not, not a patch. I don't actually know what that means. Um, Me neither. Listener, if you've if you've heard me talk over the past, I don't know, 20 episodes, you know my affinity for Diablo 3. I think it's a wonderful game. I've actually taken a break from Diablo 3 uh, intentionally because they're coming out with ladders, which are going to be like a competitive way to play the game. And I want to kind of be fresh when I jump back in. So I've they're going to be releasing that probably within the next month, and I've stopped playing for the time being because when I get back into it, I cannot wait... I've actually wanted to play the game, but I've been holding off on purpose. Well, plus you've got a four-job fiesta to have. I know, and that's pretty fun, too. Cool. Uh, GVGINU says he's playing Mario Kart 8, Moon Chronicles, Project X Cross Zone, Zombie U, and a couple indie fan games on my PC. You know, there there are a number of listeners that are playing like several different games, and I I have bravely default for when I'm mobile, but then when I'm stationary, I've been pulling out some Mario Kart Eight and Watch Dogs. But like I don't I don't usually play a lot of different games in a short period of time. I don't either. I think you and I are both kind of the one game until it's done, and then we move on. Yeah, we definitely I really directly had this conversation on Google Plus with Jamie Butterworth, another podcaster. Um, he's, uh, I mean, he's the kind of guy that'll run to the discount bin, get a $10 game, play it in a weekend, and then go back to GameStop and sell it for $0.14. Cents. Just right. kidding. $0.06. Cents. Uh, you know, and, and like, just kind of goes through them. Um, so it's it's just interesting. There's 
it's something to like remember when we talk about video games because there's so many different ways to play video games i mean just four job fiesta good example so many different ways to play video games um it's always like really interesting when you're thinking like oh why would they put that feature in this game no one's gonna use that like no there's a lot of different gamers out there right a lot of different interests uh tobias has uh, been playing mario kart 8 transistor and killer instincts uh, okay. What is Transistor? That's the second time that popped up. Transistor is that other game by the Bastion creators. Oh, that's what it is. Did you get that? Nope, not yet. We, I need to. Well, I'm gonna get. I've that. had this I'm other gonna... stuff. I've had this other stuff to do. No, no, no. You're you're busy. I'm gonna get that. Okay. Is it? Have you heard good things? Yeah, I've heard really good things. Oh my god. Okay, I'm all over it. I've heard the soundtrack. I've heard the soundtrack is awesome. Which Bastion soundtrack was awesome. Bastion soundtrack is so it's good. So good. And I've heard the but... Transistors is also very good. All right, good. Uh, Jeff says playing Mass Effect Three for the umpteenth time. I didn't talk about that, but I've actually jumped back into Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Really? I really have. It's really good. It's really you do good. like it a lot. It's really good. All right, uh, Jimmy Butterworth. Speak of the demo, uh, devil demo. Speak of the demo. Uh, honestly, no idea. Of course, Tomodachi Life and Mario Kart Eight. I need to keep playing Skyward Sword because I got myself reacquainted with it last weekend. Good. Finish it. Finish that game. And what else? Trezzy Chu, um, who was was watching earlier and said, keep up the laughs, guys. So thank you for, for tuning in. I see we have one viewer, but I don't know who it is. So if it's you, thanks for those kind words. Uh, Trezzy Chu says, going to keep working on Nino Kuni. I want to have it finished soon and got to find time to finish Tales of Zillia before number two gets released. Nino Kuni is so good. I downloaded it. I know you did. Because it was on sale for $5 on the PlayStation Store. Yeah, you should play that game. It's so good. And I'm not even a PlayStation Plus subscriber, yeah, so, so watch good. for those flash sales. Thanks for letting me know about that. Um, yeah. Uh, Alexander was going to play Hawken, Gmod, Team Fortress 2, and Killing Floor. I know what a couple of those things are. What's Hawken? Hawken is a mech free-to-play game. Oh. Uh, Gmod? Like our like the original supposedly like the original like Mech Assault, which was um like a a very very um it's like mech simulation if mechs were real, you know? Like you have to yeah. worry about weight on your mechs and you have to worry about heat and stuff like that. I had Mech Warrior two on PC in from like ninety six or something. Sure. Ninety six or ninety eight, so throwback. Uh, Justin had a Mario Kart 8 party at his place Saturday night. Pro tip, Rainbow Road does not get easier with wine. I believe the new that. Rainbow, the new Rainbow Road is hard. <laughs> I believe that. It's, it's, it's a very good amount of challenging. I like it a lot. Uh, Christopher, uh, Christopher Long, contributor at unqualifiedgamers.com. Go check out his awesome articles. Christopher says, let's see. With school out, weekends and weekdays will begin to blend together. John knows what that's like. I remember those days. No, you know, that's like from not working uh, Monday to Friday. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I should be able to give you this one. On Showcase this weekend, we have Mario 3, Binding of Isaac, Might and Magic Duel of Champions, Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden Memories. That game is so much easier with my spreadsheet. Yikes. Animal Crossing New Leaf, Skyrim, Trials Fusion, Mario Kart 8, and Mario Party... We Party You. Wow. That's like 10 games. This, this is what... So, like, do you I, remember we were, what summers were like when we didn't have school? I they do were, remember when we were little. 
I would like stack up my SNES cartridges. That was pretty just, much what we would do too. Yeah, so go I don't through them. them. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't blame him at all. I think it's awesome. But just these days, when I sit down with a game, I just want to get into it for an hour or two or three or seven, and then like, and then I'm kind of good. Right. I just I just don't like switching gears. Uh, Vintage Gamer privately, uh, Final Fantasy thirteen, Final Fantasy eight, and Mega Man nine. Solid choices. You know, I liked the music in Mega Man 9 better I than... Play, I didn't play 9 or 10. Okay, see, I liked the music in 9 better than in 10, but I, I liked the gameplay a bit better in 10 because Mega Man 9, there were a lot of levels where there were a lot of spikes in that game. Let's just put it that way. Okay. There were a lot of plunging platforms and timing-related challenges, which I, which is good in moderation in Mega Man games. Spikes but are hard. Spikes are hard. Um, in Final Fantasy VIII, actually, I was going to bring that up earlier, talking about different ways to play games. That podcast I know is up, my Final Fantasy VIII low-level run, where I beat Final Fantasy VIII and my party was at level 13. Mm-hmm. That's a different way. Like, Which that's, actually makes that game arguably easier because of the junction system. Well, it makes it arguably easier, but um, there was a very specific... There were certain situations where you couldn't beat enemies... And right. uh, like I had to restart the deep du- the deep sea research facility three times because Odin kept popping up and one hit killing all the enemies in in the battle. Jerk. So, yeah, I shouldn't have gotten Odin, but I'm an idiot and I did. So, because he that in that game he's a random summon. He appears at the beginning of a battle randomly and just one shots the enemy and wins. So if Odin shows up in Zantetsukins, you get experience points jerk and you can't get experience points if you want to if you don't want to gain levels so i made it harder for myself and if i think it arguably took me longer to beat the game because of it i'm sure yeah now i've heard in the steam release you can actually just turn off experience no you can change the quantity of spells you have you you don't have to sit around drawing you can just like so good just put 99 of everything and then win the game that sounds like a dumb way to play the game well you're dumb too. It's way more fun to just sit around and draw spells because that system is so good. You know, you're right. It is way more fun to just sit around drawing spells because that system is so good. So thanks for that. So thanks for letting us know what you're playing this weekend, listener. Uh, and um, again, you can always follow us on YouTube and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, Please subscribe want. to us on YouTube if you have not yet. Yeah, do those things. We love reviews. We love plus ones. We love thumbs up. We love comments. We love interaction. We love you. We are in love with you. We are in love with you. Uh, I can't find the window where you are. Oh, there's your face. (laughs) Cody wants to be inside you. Yeah, I really do. (laughs) Inside you. And then every girl tuned out. Yep. All one of you. (laughs) Hey, but hey, one is is greater than none. So next week, John has real life. Yeah, I'm going to be very, very, very busy next week. And Cody knew this for a long time. So... So I had time to line up a guest host, but, but didn't. Did. And so we're just going to kind of take the week off. Maybe. I do have one thing I'm toying with. Maybe you could just do like, who knows? Maybe you'll just do like one of those like 15 to 20 minute solo shows, which you've done before and done very well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I may also open up the Google Hangout to perhaps some special guests next week. It's not a bad idea. I think you could do some great stuff. 
there's there's several options. They won't be as good as John being here to make fun of me and make up stories about cookies and pastries that no one has ever heard of. Ten cookies. Uh, it's a lot of cookies. Yeah, enjoy your unicorn brownies after we go off the air, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, so John won't be here, but I'll try to put some kind of content up there to stave you over for the week. And uh, and then we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Will that be July? It By then? It probably will. Nah, not quite. Not quite. So. That'd be close. But hey, we're doing better this summer than we did last two years. For sure. So. <laughs> as usual, listener, though, thank you so much for tuning in to us. Yeah, as usual, listener, don't listen to a word that John said because he lives in a fantasy world where made-up things are real. 